Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Hey guys, welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. I am so grateful to be here with all of you, bringing you another wonderful episode in the series, Spirituality, Intuition, and Business. But before we go there, I would love to center like we do every week on the show. So if you can, go ahead and close your eyes. Take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in and exhale away. Now on that exhale, allow something to be released. Perhaps it's physical, emotional, or something else. Take a moment to ground our energies, connect to our innermost wisdom, spirituality, intuition, clarity, and I bless each and every one on the show. Take another deep breath in and exhale away. And then slowly come on back to the show. Come back to the body and take another breath. It always feels so good to ground our energies and to connect. I'm always so grateful for all of us to connect together. So I want to share with you two things coming in the local area. On Sunday, April 23rd, I will be speaking at the Parents Resource Center Moms Retreat. And it will be held at Manhasset Bay Yacht Club from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It is event with moms and to allow moms to be really taken care of at this wonderful event. I am speaking The Power of Female Intuition, and you can get your tickets at prcmomsretreat.bpt.me. And then one more event on May 13th from 1130 to 530am holding a Reiki level one certification class. And if you're interested in that, you can contact me at Tina Conroy 111 at gmail.com. And that is in Roslyn, New York. And always want to share what's happening in the Facebook group. We are building a wonderful community at the Intuitive Women group on Facebook. So just go ahead and find the group. It is searchable and I would gladly invite you in. Every Friday is live at five and I pull cards and we have a fantastic time. So I hope I see you there. Samantha Kalanita is a certified life coach and Reiki practitioner. She is a lifelong perfectionist who has been on a journey to redefine success for the modern professional woman and allow more ease and adventure into her life. Now Samantha is helping other women do the same through her life coaching practice. Samantha specializes in working with clients who are ready to build their confidence, stop patterns of procrastination, ditch their fear of failure, use their voices, quiet racing thoughts, regain control of their lives. Samantha was born and raised in New York, but now lives and works in Savannah, Georgia, a city filled with mystery and magic. She earned her bachelor's degree at George Washington University and attended Columbia University for a master's in sociology and education. She has also explored many forms of energy work that have influenced her personal practices and coaching style. You can learn more about Samantha at samanthacolonita.com, and that's C-A-L-O-N-I-T-A. Hey, Samantha, how are you? 
Good. How are you, Tina? I'm awesome. I'm so glad we get to connect today. Me too. Thank you. You're welcome. So you are a very busy girl. I think we've met a little bit over a year ago. We were just figuring out about 14, 15 months ago. And I am so excited to see you out there and doing your thing and just blossoming. And I really wanted to have you on the show to share with the listeners your journey and where you were and where you are now and all the wonderful things that are coming. So let's take them back. Let's take the listeners back. I always like to take the listeners back. As we talk about spirituality and intuition, how would you say growing up, were you a spiritual being brought up or were you more religious? And maybe you can share that. I would definitely say I would tend towards the religious as a child. I grew up in a household where my dad was Jewish and my mom was Catholic, but my sisters and I were all raised Catholic. So we went to public schools, but we went to you know Sunday school on the weekends and went to church. But I have to say, I didn't feel particularly close to God, even though I was doing those things. I think I found spirituality later in life in my 20s. And today, I don't go to church, but I feel closer to God, to spirit than ever. Now, is your family still religious? Yes. I didn't have a Catholic wedding ceremony, and I know that didn't sit wonderfully (laughs) with my Catholic grandma. And I'm sure my mom wished there were a few more prayers at that service a few years ago. But I think they accept me for the most part for who I am and and for what they understand of my journey. It's always that thing where we want to, I know, well, I'll talk about myself. I'm always a pleaser and I'm getting better and standing on my own and all of that. But being the oldest Mm -hmm. of four, I was always trying to, we're going to get into the perfectionism because we have that in common. It's crazy. But pleasing and wanting everybody to be happy or smoothing the waves. And so always to my detriment, having the the certain wedding or having the particular ritual that it's always been very interesting. So we, we have that in common in the sense of the perfectionist and not wanting to let people down. Bring us a little bit forward in your journey of what kind of woke you up in a spiritual sense and allowed you to connect to yourself and, and be more of the person who you, you feel connected to and who you are today. So I like to say that my spiritual journey started with a bang, but in reality, it started with a panic attack on my wedding day. And it just shocked me into awareness. I was scared at the time. I didn't really understand what was happening in my body and in my mind. And it was the thing that woke me up. And I realized there must be a better way to deal with stress than what I'm doing. Because with the amount of pressure I put on myself, I wanted everyone to think I was perfect. I had it all together. I had this shiny veneer, this little polish on the outside. It looked like everything was perfect on the outside. But on the inside, things were swirling. I was nervous. I was insecure. And I didn't want anyone to see that. And I just couldn't hold it in anymore. And so it was actually that panic attack that inspired me to look into spirituality, to look into energy work, to look into Reiki, which is how we connected, and to find new ways to connect to myself and let that person on the inside kind of heal and come out so that I could be more aligned with with who I really was. They always say there can be these wake-up calls or 
God kind of taps us on the shoulder and then we're not listening, Mm -hmm. you know, we get the big wake up call. At that time, when you were, even prior to feeling that on your wedding day, must have been Mm -hmm. so, you know, just so difficult. But up to that, was it the career? Was it the place you live? Like if you could look at, was it just a bunch of things? I am a perfectionist that, as you mentioned, that's something we have in common. And along with perfectionism comes a lot of people pleasing, comes a lot of beating yourself up on the inside and never feeling like you stack up. And what I found was that what I was doing all those years was I was trying to look external to myself, look to my parents, my bosses, my partner to validate my worth. I was trying to seek my self-worth from other people. And so I was pushing myself to, you know, go to that Ivy League school and get that great degree and not just get the good job with a solid salary, but get promoted and then get promoted again. And when there's nowhere else to get promoted, what do you do? And I realized there was this void that no promotion, no pat on the back from my boss, no amount of money could fill. And that's where you know, spirituality really came into my life because that was the piece that was missing. You have the panic attack and (laughs) it's so, it wakes you up and, and it shakes you to your core. There's that moment, but then there's also the action. So talk Mm -hmm. us, there's probably so many women and men, but I, I do have a lot of listeners that are women that really need to hear this because Mm -hmm. what happens is they may have had the wake up call and they know that instinctual intuition, gut feeling to do something, but then they don't take the action and you did. So Mm -hmm. talk us through a little bit of the process. So once we got home from the honeymoon, I have to say honeymoon helped being on the beach and being out in nature is certainly great (laughs) for dealing with anxiety. I got help. I couldn't do it alone. Maybe I could have, but I, I didn't want to. I had been doing it alone for years, relying only on myself, thinking I had to do it all by myself. And I didn't anymore. So I reached out for help. I reached out to my sister and she connected me with a body worker and energy worker, a friend of hers. And I started getting body work done. Then he introduced me to a breath worker. So I started doing um, a type of breath work that's called rebirthing breath work. And then I was introduced to a flower essence practitioner. And I started working with flower essences to help me really gently release some of that anxiety in my body. I started writing. So that was a personal practice I did for myself. And anybody can do that. And it really supported me in getting some of those racing thoughts out of my head. They no longer had to pong around my brain. They were on the page. And sometimes I would write down those thoughts and then I would burn those thoughts. I would, you know, go outside into a safe space and just burn those pieces of paper and energetically and symbolically that was just huge for me to be able to let go of those things. So those were some of the things I did to support myself. And I started to get into how could I help myself more? So I took my Reiki courses with you. And the beautiful thing about that is the self-care practices afterwards. That for 21 days, I was giving myself Reiki. (laughs) I was practicing for myself and taking care of myself. And the more I took care of myself, the more I started to learn I could pay this forward. And one day I could actually help other people to do the same thing. And then you had a move. Cause I know when we mm-hmm. met and we're going back again about 12, 14 months, 
you had a big trip planned. I know you went to India. We have that in common as well. We love that. You also were thinking about moving, but I don't think at the time you knew exactly, you knew you were going to move. I believe that, but I don't think you knew exactly where. So tell us about that because there's so many people that probably, again, have the wake-up call, want to do something. I mean, let's face it, New York is a very, very Mm -hmm. high, intense, stressful area, especially where we were living or where we live. Tell us about how that came to be. How did you decide to just like pick up and move away? That was definitely a leap of faith I took. My husband and I always loved Savannah. We got married there um, in 2013 and we had actually found it on a road trip randomly in 2010. So it always kind of popped into our lives. But it was another move I made for my health, for my mental and spiritual health. I knew even though I loved New York and still love New York for everything it is, the energy, the stress, the people, even the vibe and the expectation that you are your career and you always have to be hustling for the next thing. I didn't need any more of that in my life. That was not serving me. I needed to slow down. And where better to go to slow down than the South? It sounds so nice. I have never been to Savannah and it's been one of the, it's one of the places that my husband and I talk about a lot. He travels a lot, but he hasn't been to Savannah, which is interesting. I hear it's really beautiful and magical, like you mentioned. It really is. The first time, even just flying in, if you are on a plane and you touch down and you start to see a mix of palm trees and then these big majestic old oaks with Spanish moss hanging down. The first thing I said when we arrived here was, what is this magic place? (laughs) How did we find it? And I knew we were meant to be here. There was a time when I I was connecting more to my spiritual side. I was listening to my intuition telling me it was time to leave New York. It was time to leave that really stressful environment and have an adventure. I really love adventure and I value that. And I didn't have much of it in my life. So my husband and I quit our jobs on April 1st of last year. And then I hopped a plane with my big sister and we went to India for two weeks and hiked in the Himalayas and stayed at ashrams and bathed in the Ganges. And it was magical and intimidating all at the same time. And then I got in my car with Michael, my husband, and we road trip to Savannah without a place to stay. And we never looked back. Wow. First of all, I can share the India part because everyone will ask, and I'm sure you get this a lot, how is India? And I always hesitate mm-hmm. and I say, it's an experience. Yeah. Um, it's Don't go there for a vacation per se, but it's an experience and it's a risk also. And I don't believe everybody will want to do it or should do mm-hmm. it. And But then to come back, the, the thing of India is it changes you. It creates right. this resolve and it has amazing qualities of present moment that mm-hmm. because the people and the culture are just that. And then you probably were just ready even more and clear to take that trip. And you didn't have a place to stay. Is that what you said? Yeah, we had, <laughs> we didn't have a place to live on the road trip. We found an Airbnb and booked an Airbnb for a few weeks and we figured we'll find a place we'll find a place and we will plant our roots and it'll be okay. And even though I, I did doubt that here and there, I'm a planner and a list maker to be on faith was a test for me. 
and to kind of surrender that a little bit, but it worked. We have a beautiful little home and a great yard and a sweet dog who loves it all. (laughs) So we've now, yeah, we've put down roots in a place we love and life is slower and more intentional and more free all at the same time. Sounds great. I mean, it sounds like what so many people only can wish for. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, it's been such a year for you and Mm -hmm. so much is happening and so much more possibilities your way. Share with us where you are now and your passion for helping women build their confidence and live their best life. That is my favorite thing to talk about. That is where I am today. Today, I am a certified life coach and thanks to you, Reiki practitioner. Very happy about that. And I work every day with the most amazing women who are shockingly stuck in their careers. They feel so stuck and so isolated and unhappy. And every single one of them comes to me saying, I know I was meant for more than this. I know I was meant for something great. I was meant for something in service of others. But I don't know what that is. And I'm scared to go after it but not so scared that they don't try and that they don't contact a life coach. (laughs) So that's what we've been up to. What I focus on is helping these women connect to their true authentic purpose so that they can take inspired action and create a life that they love, a career that feels meaningful, and also have more fun and freedom because there's something very constricting about the life that they're living and they don't feel like it's really theirs. They're living it for other people and not really for themselves. So when they say they're stuck, are they stuck in various ways? Are they stuck in a career as well as a marriage or a relationship? Does it run the gamut or are you seeing similar people with similar situations? I think for the most part, I'm seeing stuck in their careers. That's just who's attracted to me right now. But I also think a lot of us define ourselves by our careers especially women who, like me, who grew up and always knew we were going to go to college and we'd get the good job and we were raised to be independent women. And so you kind of think your job is your purpose, but your purpose is way bigger than your job and bigger than your career and bigger than your family. Like your purpose is between you and the universe. And they're so disconnected from it that they feel really stuck. This is probably like a whole opening up a can of worms, but how do you get them to take the first step? Are there exercises? Are there tools? Are there rituals? Just, you know, maybe just touch on a few things because I'm sure there's a lot to talk about, but. There definitely are a lot of things to talk about. I could go on about it for hours, but I won't for the sake of our conversation (laughs) and your listeners. One of the first things I always have people do is examine their beliefs. So examine all of those things that they're carrying around. I call it the shoulds. All of the things they believe they should do in their career, they should be. So for me, those were things like, I should get a job in my degree field. And I should make sure I get a promotion every year or I'm not moving forward. And I should wear blazers to work because that makes me look more professional. And then people will take me seriously. So just getting rid of all those shoulds. So what I suggest people do is grab a piece of paper and write them down. Get them out of your head and onto the page and start to see what you've been carrying around all these years. 
And so that's a really great first step is to start to look at that foundation because it's hard to build a foundation for a new, empowering, purposeful career on these old beliefs Mm -hmm. and this old system. Another thing that I think is really actionable and really, really amazing when you're starting to discover your purpose is to start to identify your strengths and gifts. And this is part coaching and part spirituality. This is having faith that the universe, God, spirit endowed you with certain gifts in your life, that the trials you've been through, the challenges you've been through, they endowed you with certain gifts when you got to the end of that challenge, when you came through the darkness. And it's getting in touch with what those gifts are, what your innate strengths are, and using them in the world. Because the more you're using your strengths and gifts and you're expressing them and you're sharing them, the more you're walking in your purpose. You have those gifts for a reason. Do most women come to you and are completely baffled of what their purpose is? I think most women come to me with a secret dream. It's like this little secret dream they've had all their lives that they're almost afraid to tell people because they, they're they afraid they can't get it. If they say it out loud, that means they admitted they wanted it. And there's this fear of failure. If I don't get it, now it's real. And now I'm letting myself down. Wow. I think most people come with that little secret dream inside. And have you seen people completely like leave their marriages and completely change their careers? Or is it a slow, you know, I guess there's, I guess it just depends on the person if it's been, you know, very drastic Mm -hmm. change or a very slow progression. It does. It depends on the person. I'm a jump in with both feet person. As you can tell, I quit my job and moved without even a place to live, let alone a job to do. So (laughs) I'm a jump in with both feet person. It keeps me accountable. It keeps me excited. And I've had some people, like recently one client, after our first session, we get back on for session number two. And she goes, Samantha, guess what? What, Isabella? What happened? I quit my job. Like, oh no. (laughs) Thankfully, she had some savings, but I don't advocate for quitting your job after our first coaching session, though it was a huge, huge signal to the universe that she was ready for something big. Sure. Most people take smaller incremental steps, which is what I normally would recommend because these are our careers. We have lives we need to support. And honestly, if you're paying for life coaching, you have a life coach to now pay for too. And you have food to buy. Some, a lot of people have children to, you know, to raise. It's not responsible to just quit our jobs and go in with both feet for most of us. So there are small incremental changes you can make. Because in the scheme of things, even if it takes a year, a year is a pretty short time. Right. Like, look what changed for both of us in a year. Exactly. I had a, one of my mentors wrote this beautiful email. I got it in my inbox today. And she was saying, stop everything you're doing and look back from where you were a year ago. And I'm that person that's always looking to the next thing, which is good to some degree, but I hardly ever give myself the pat on the back, look how far you've come. And when someone else, I can say to other people all the time, I can always Mm -hmm. see that their growth, like I'm looking at you and going, God, so exciting. But for me, it's, I don't give myself the time to recognize how far I've come. So Mm -hmm. it's so true to kind of step back and just take it all in. So I want to kind of segue a little bit to 
your personal spiritual practices, something that you even have perhaps on a daily basis, or just maybe something you have in place for your life, whatever you feel that you'd like to share? I definitely have my practices. I would not be able to show up in the world as the person I am. And certainly I wouldn't be able to show up for my clients if I didn't take care of myself first. So that's how I start every single day. I wake up every morning and I like to say I wake up with gratitude on my lips. I wake up and I immediately say, this comes from Pam Grout. She's a author and an expert in the law of attraction. So what I immediately say is something amazingly awesome will happen to me today. And then I list out three things, three blessings that I can count from the day before. So it gets me really intentionally focused on gratitude and finding in my day the beautiful blessings that I already have. Start with gratitude and then I go outside. Being in nature is everything to me. That feels like church to me. Getting out in nature, being among the trees and the plants. So I always go for a walk. It's like a 20 minute walk but it just grounds me and clears my head. And then I come in to the house again and I have a little altar space that I set up and I meditate. And sometimes that meditation goes really well. And sometimes (laughs) it is five minutes and I am distracted, but it's a meditation practice, not a meditation perfect. So I try to be okay with it. And those are my core, core practices, gratitude, nature, meditation. They clear my head, they connect me back to spirit, they connect me to myself. And once I've done them, I feel like I can start my day, I can answer emails, I can show up for other people because I've already showed up for myself. Nice. I love that. And you're recovering perfectionist, of course. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why the meditation is always, I'm sure you, like me, I exactly, we do what we can. Sometimes I look after 10 minutes, mm-hmm. okay, I'm done. And then others, it's 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Today went so well. Yesterday, oh, I must have <laughs> popped out of it five, six, seven times, but I went back you know, I didn't give up on myself. It's my practice. I'm committed to it. Exactly. That's what they keep saying. It's always the practice. So I want to ask you the intuition question. So if I asked you, and I know for everyone, it may be different. What do you feel intuition is for you? Intuition is the part of me that is all knowing and all confident. The part of me that loves me the most and is always trying to talk to me, even when I don't listen. I feel like it's that part that it knows that it has all the right answers already. It has all the knowledge I'm seeking on the outside. And if I would just get quiet enough and listen to myself on the inside, that search could kind of be over. That's beautiful. I love that. Can you share with the listeners an intuitive moment or intuitive hit in your, well, I guess you've already kind of said it with the awakening and I'm going to move, but Maybe if we bring it to the business. So as you have developed yourself and you keep developing yourself spiritually and as a person, have you had any like intuition in your business, in your actual, you know, practice of business that has come to you like an aha moment or this is exactly the route I'm going to take or this is exactly the program I'm going to create or the book I'm going to, you know, I, I see a book in your future, by the way. But is there anything you want want to share with the listeners' intuition in your business that's, that's come about? Well, there's one. I just had a moment 
last Friday, I was working with a, a coach, my own, one of my own coaches. She's an amazing branding, branding coach. And we were telling my story. I was telling her my story. And I just started getting goosebumps. And I started choking up a little bit, getting a little emotional, realizing how much it matters to me to be brave. I was telling her my story and the moments where I was the most brave, the moments where I used my voice, the moments where I took those leaps of faith and how much they meant to me. And I realized that's what I want to teach other women. I want to teach other women how to be brave. And so I don't know if it's going to turn into the Brave Woman Collective, or I don't even know if that's trademarked, so I apologize, (laughs) (laughs) whatever it might be. But I have a feeling that my next project is going to be for brave women, or really for women who want to be brave and find that part of themselves. I love that. That's amazing. So that is, that's the intuitive hits we get. That's the feelings. That's the connection, the all-knowing, that the aha moments people talk about, the gut feeling. And I have no doubt that you will create something along the avenue of bravery. And so many people need that. They need to know that they'll be okay and that they'll be able to tackle what's what's coming their way. Thank you. So before we end, I would love to please share with the listeners either anything to direct them to you or programs you have going on, website. Thank you. Well, first of all, I'm always on Facebook. So anybody can come hang out with me on Facebook anytime. My handle is at Samantha Kalanita Coaching. So that's probably the best place to hang out with me. You can also check out my website, www.samanthakalanita.com. And I do have a new program opening up in the next couple of weeks. It should open up by May 1st. And I am going to be working with women in an online coaching capacity to help them discover their purpose and quiet their minds and learn how to take the next steps in their career. So that's coming up soon if you want to come check that out. That's fantastic. And they can find that through the website? Yep, right through the website and through my Facebook page. It'll be all over. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I am so glad we connected that year ago on the Reiki class and the practitioner class and that the Reiki has also become part of your life. And I know you can share it with your students, your clients. And really, you allowed yourself to really take life and just create that life of your dreams. And I know there's so many great, wonderful possibilities for you and so many lives that you're transforming. So thank you for doing what you're doing. And it was just a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. You're welcome. Bye for now. Bye. What an awesome show. Fantastic, purpose-driven focus. I'm so excited to have had Samantha on the show. So thank you, everyone. It is always a pleasure to connect with you. Have a beautiful, amazing day.